Welcome to Inside the Rope, the podcast where we speak to the leading minds in wealth management. Again, it's David Clarke, your host, bringing you this episode with Alan Greenspan, the CEO of Mind Ventures, the world's first venture capital fund that's solely focused on making impact and helping to solve the mental health issues the world's facing. We talked to Alon about the problems that just seem to be ever growing in the mental health space uh, that seem to be impacting every person that you come across. We also introduce a new concept and a new little plug that we're going to incorporate here. We're very, very grateful to you, our listeners, but we're exceptionally grateful to these leading minds of wealth management who come on the podcast and share their insights and knowledge. And as a thank you to them, as a thank you to those people, we're going to allow them to plug a not-for-profit or a charitable organization that they're passionate about. And it's no surprise that in this case, Alon has chosen the Black Dog Institute very fittingly. So it's a great one to start off with. And we talk to him about that. We talk about how a venture capital model can help solve the problem and how the fund can actually produce economic results and the focus of that. We talk about the delineation between illness and wellness. And we talk to Alon about some examples uh, of the type of successful companies they're seeing already in the wellness space. Please remember that this is not specific advice. It's being recorded for entertainment and information purposes solely. You can listen to the disclaimer at the back of the podcast as well. Please do, however, continue to get your feedback coming through. You can email me at david.clark at codacapital.com. Thank you to Joshua Clark of Parakeet Productions for his productions and thanks for Tom Oriel for producing the episode. Enjoy the pod. Alon Greenspan, welcome to Inside the Rope. Thank you, David. Great to be here. Alon, uh, you've got a name that's very close to a famous economist, head of the Fed Bank. Uh, we've got a slightly different flavour here today with a one, one letter spelling different. Uh, Alon, perhaps you could kick us off by introducing yourself to the listeners. Thank you, David. I'm sure Alan Greenspan and myself are related somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm originally from Israel. I grew up in Israel, spent most of my life in Israel, uh, spent a few years in the army, and then went to Hebrew University in Israel, studied commerce law, spent my first uh, few years uh, in tech M&A, uh, working with technology companies before I moved to Australia about nine years ago, where I kept doing tech M&A in Sydney. And I really got exposed to tech startups and tech investing in 2015. I started investing in uh, technology companies across the world in Africa, the US, Europe, Israel, and Australia. And I loved it. So I decided to do this full time um, and been investing um, in startups since 2018. Well, Lon, firstly, uh my heart goes out and our wishes go out to you and your family during this difficult period, obviously. Uh, we're recording this after um, what's, what's, what's happened in the, in the Middle East. It's very sad and we feel and hope that people on both sides of the conflict are, are safe and it gets resolved as, as soon as possible. Um, who are you and what do you like to do uh, outside of work? That's a great question. I love to spend time with my boys. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. I love to go and play soccer and basketball with them. 
and go for a run in the morning and for a swim if I can, if the weather allows it. Um, and, and yeah, I do spend a lot of time at work, unfortunately. Terrific. Well, uh, hopefully uh, in the future you can get that balance right. Sound, sounds good. Um, tell me about your tech M&A and your uh, investment background. I think you've been involved in 70 startups and you mentioned something about you know around the world. What, what startups and investing in Africa and some of those foreign places like? Yeah. Uh, the first investment was in a deep tech Israeli startup. And then it led to another investment in a biotech startup from the U.S. that led to another fintech in Africa um, that led to another deep tech in Europe. Um, and then I realized that I live in Australia and that was really the beginning of the ecosystem back in 2017. Uh, so I decided to look for investments in Australia and the market was just booming. Um, so I doubled down on it. Uh, I joined a new fund that was just launched named Gilix Ventures. I was the first employee there and we built the fund from scratch. Um, Gilix has about $50 million under management and about 40 portfolio companies. Uh, all of them are Australian, anywhere from quantum computers to flying cars to SaaS companies and education and, and media tech. Wow. That's a diverse range and a diverse geography that you covered. Hopefully we can dig into some of that. Before we do, uh, one of the new things we want to uh, instigate here at Inside the Rope is we're, we're so lucky to have great listeners and we've really built the audience up, which is fantastic. But we're also really, really grateful and happy to the people like yourself who come on that. And as a way of saying thank you to people like yourself, we want to give them the opportunity to give a free plug to a not-for-profit or a charity hopefully one that's raising some money and some of the listeners might want to support that type of charity. So I'll give you the opportunity to now give that little plug and it's probably a good apt and segue to, to this episode. Yeah, 100%. So my plug goes to the Black Dog Institute and we'll chat about the Black Dog more. Uh, the Black Dog Institute is Australia's leading mental health research institute uh, doing incredible work in the mental health space um, from causation to implementation of mental health um, they've been doing it for over 30 years uh, with over 150 researchers doing this important work. And I, I think it's just, I, I've devoted my life for mental health. And what Black Dog is doing is absolutely um, groundbreaking that and a lot of people and governments are relying on Black Dog's work. Tell me, what, why have you devoted your life to mental health? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, for me personally, I was always attracted to profit with purpose. So purpose in general, I volunteered since I was 12 years old. Um, when I was 21, I decided to s s learn sign language and I worked with deaf people uh, for, for a whole year. And, you know, then you get into work and you start just to focus on profit. Yeah. And after a while, you figure out that there's another way to do it. And I have a personal connection. I have family members that have been battling mental health, uh, including my, my kids um, and really close family members. I also spent a few years in the army and have close friends who suffer from PTSD and other disorders. And, and I was looking for, for a, a better way to bring some of my skill set and venture into the non-for-profit world. And Mind Ventures was born. Uh, it was 
born out of the Black Dog Institute and go, Chad. We'll, we'll, we'll go yeah, well, deeper. Me, tell me about that. This, this yeah. podcast has come around to talk about my adventures. I, I was chatting to a mate of mine, Patrick Joyce, who I used to work with uh, many years ago. I would have had hair. Um, that, that's how long ago it would have been in the corporate finance space. And uh, Patrick's on the board of the Black Dog Institute, and he mentioned my adventures um, and it'd be good for me to have a chat with you. So here we are. So explain to the listeners um, how my adventures, well, what is my adventures and how did it come about? Yeah, my adventures is the world's first mental health for profit venture fund. Uh, we invest in all evidence based verticals across mental health from clinical illness to subclinical illness to wellness. Um, and for us, it needs to be evidence-based. And we believe that that's the core difference and uh, what's missing in the market. Um, Mind Ventures was blo- born out of the Black Dog Institute, um, where f- for many years, Black Dog has been focused on research. Um, and we, we noticed that in the market, mental health is becoming a really, really big problem, unfortunately. Let's uh, talk the, through that a little bit just quickly. You know, it, it seems to me, you know, I, I love books um, like Yuval Noah, Noah Harari's uh, Sapiens, and he talks that by all measures, um, you know, humans uh, in, in a time of prosperity and the least amount of deaths from illness, longest lifespan, by all measures, we should be the happiest we are ever. However, we have this huge spike and this huge, um, you know, I know in my life, this calendar year, we've had two or three incidents of parents, um, of our kids, friends, pools, taking their lives, um, some serious, really big issues. And these are things I've raised with Patrick. And he sort of said, when he speaks to a lot of the leading people, there's not a real explanation or understanding of it. Can you give us some meat around the bones around how big this problem is and, and, and what, what we think the causes are? Yeah. And David, unfortunately, those are only the cases that you hear about. Um, the numbers are staggering. And in fact, by 2030, um, mental illness is going to be the number one cause of death, which is incredibly unfortunate. Um, 20% of people suffer from depression across the world. Um, and then you have another 60% of people that, ha- that are not seeking help. Mm. Um, that is, most of the population are suffering or are battling some type of mental health issues. It is as important as your physical health, but that's not enough. It also impacts the economy. Um, it's estimated that globally the cost of depression is about one trillion dollars annually, and only in Australia the cost of the economy was about one hundred and thirty billion dollars. Um, so the numbers are staggering. Unbelievable, and and I, it would seem in some quarters that COVID has accelerated it or exasperated. In fact, I was on the sideline of my daughter's touch football on the weekend, and I was talking to parents of her one of her friends while they were playing and one's a GP and the other um, is the name to escape me for pediatrician expert. And he he says a lot of what he's dealing with now is mental health for juveniles, um, for for young kids. Um, And that, and that COVID has been a a problem as well. So how how did, and and I understand Black Dog has seeded the fund with $5 million. Um, How has it come together? Because you've got a who's who of Australian VC here. Um, you know, I, when I look through the material, you've got um, people from SquarePeg. Uh, I think Airtree has agreed to incubate um, the fund. You've got One, One Ventures. 
you've got King River, um, then you've got expert, experts from the Black Dog involved. Tell us about how it's coming together and, and what the objective is. Yeah, so when the board of the Black Dog decided to look into some commercial models, they tested it with a bunch of venture funds. Um, and they all loved it so much, they decided to incubate it and support our cause. But more than that, we, we found that there was a really big gap in the market, this early stage nature of, of mental health. It is so challenging to assess it, unlike fintechs or SaaS companies where you have engagement cohorts, you have customer revenue, you have people in your network that you can ask about it. It, it doesn't work like that with, with this segment. You actually need to understand the science behind it, especially when it's really, really early. In venture, we landed on venture because a lot of these companies will fail and we need to build thousands of companies to innovate. There are so many problems, so many solutions that we need to find to solve accessibility, affordability of mental health, reduction of stigma, increase in research. Um, so to do that, we need to take some early risks. And to, to, to take those risks, we need to be able to assess them. And no one is better to do it than the Black Dog Institute, plus us with our expertise in venture investing. Can you tell us a little bit about the delineation you have between uh, wellness and illness and what some of the opportunities that you think might present in that space? Yeah, it is very hard to draw the line on mental health. Yeah, it is such a big there's, problem. There's no blood test. Um, you know, there's no, you can't put someone through an MRI, an x-ray machine and say, right, this is the source of it and where it is. You don't have that. And a lot of it is uh, patient-centric. You need to get in high-quality data from patients. Um, for us, we first and foremost, we ask the question, are you trying to improve mental health outcomes? That is very subjective and it really depends on the solution. It could be anything from neuroscience to psychedelics to brain injury, uh, in addition to what you, we would normally call mental health, which is depression, PTSD, anxiety, uh, but it can also, be, can also be weight loss and sleep. Sleep is actually across the board. It can be anywhere from clinical to subclinical to mental fitness. Lon, what sort of examples are there in the market of the type of companies you're thinking about? Um, are there any examples you can think of or, or have seen that would, have, would make in the future the type of investments that you'll see in this space? Yeah, you have, I'll, try, I'll break it into two segments. You have the wellness space and there has been a lot of activity in the space from ginger to headspace to calm to better and they've had a lot of success over the last five to seven years, but we're seeing more and more companies operating in the clinical illness space or subclinical. And a good example is Pair Therapeutics or, or Achille trying to deal with eating disorders or in depression uh, and going down the FDA path in, in the more clinical aspect of mental health. And Alon, how do you think about impact versus economic return? Are the two mutually exclusive? Are people giving up a, perp a bit of return to get impact? Um, how are you thinking about that and what do you think the outcomes will be? Yeah, it's a great question because at the core of our thesis, we have the uh, thinking that if we invest in evidence-based startups, that are also venture businesses, i.e. very scalable companies, 
by definition, we will give access to evidence-based treatment to millions of people, and the impact is going to be ginormous. So they're definitely not mutually exclusive. They actually feed off each other. So we first have our impact lenses. Are we improving mental health outcomes? And then we put our venture lenses above it to see if we can actually generate scalable, large returns so we can drive the impact. So it's like the cycle of impact and returns that hopefully will help us generate uh, incredible returns, but also incredible impact. Now, let's talk a little bit about the logistics and the mechanics of the fund and the investment that you're proposing. Um, you're in the early stages. I think you're, you're just about to do the first close or have, have just got some investors on board. You're looking to raise $50 million. Is that correct? Correct. Anywhere between 30 to 50, and we're going to do the first close uh, in February 2024. And you're envisaging that the portfolio will be made up of about 15 to 25 companies? Yeah, anywhere between 50 to 25, ideally no more than 20. Uh, part of our investment thesis is that we want to go deep and we want to work with our portfolio companies, given our structure and our assimilation with the Black Dog Institute. So you're talking sort of pre-seed checks of 500,000 up to 3 million and you envisage that there's going to be quite a bit of follow-on in a sort of 60-40% ratio type of thing. Yeah, correct. Most of the money will go into the first check. We will really help them out. And as you mentioned, we have a lot of incredible funds supporting us that can provide uh, access to full-on capital and later-stage capital. Talk to me a little bit about the process that you've got set up for decision-making because it looks, as I said earlier in the conversation, as the real who's who of the Australian venture capital landscape. Um, and I should mention that this fund is... 50% Australian, 50% international with the other half basically split between the US and Europe is, is, is the concept. Tell us about the structure and the access to some of the people in the market that you've got. Yeah, so our structure is, is a bit unique to traditional venture where the partners are on all the investment committees and management companies. Uh, we, the fund is seeded by the Black Dog Institute. So the Black Dog owns the manager. And in fact, most of the fund profit, the manager profit will flow back to the Black Dog Institute to fund future research uh, in itself that will generate incredible impact um, to medical research. Um, we have um, directors of the Black Dog Institute and venture experts in our management company and investment committee. We have a representative from Airtree and from the Black Dog Institute. And in fact, the Black Dog Institute has a veto during the diligence process on the scientific evaluation of these startups to make sure that there is a level of rigor to the scientific analysis of these opportunities. And Alon, are there any areas in the investment mandate or areas of that investable universe of mental health that are no-go zones for yourself, that you just won't go there because of X, Y, Z reason? Yeah, 100%, David. Uh, we will not invest in anything that has potential for harm or that has ineffective science behind it. Um, we are an impact fund. We want to drive impact. And the core piece of it is that it needs to have proper science behind it. And if it doesn't, we, we will not invest because it's not going to go far. And right now, what are the sort of areas that you're seeing as, as being, you know, I'd love to hear from, we've got lots of people here, but are you thinking, gee, out of this podcast, if somebody reaches out to me, 
who's in a SaaS company or an app company and they're working on this idea that's in, in you know, suicide prevention or in other areas, what, what, what are the really hot areas that you think are most attractive or exciting to you at the moment? Yeah, I always try to find the balance between the, the magnitude of the impact and the scalability of the, of the impact. So by magnitude, um, I mean the, the impact itself, how mm-hmm. impactful it's going to be. So that is mainly in the illness space, but also scalability, which can be in the world being space as well for us it's all interesting and and we're, we're looking at all of them psychedelics is still a really big market neuroscience is a big market ai is really transforming mental health and has the ability to really bring scale and agents into the market it doesn't come without some restrictions um but new models can really help put scale behind mental health which is one of the key challenges to to drive real change in the space. Lon, what's your source of deal flow? Yeah, we're getting deal flow from everywhere. So we have all the Australian funds supporting us, but we're also getting deals through the Black Dog Institute and other global funds that are keen to work with us. We, We provide a very unique understanding of the space. So if you're investing or operating the space, we should be the first point of contact, whether it's for diligence or for R&D or for commercials or even market insights. For us, we will likely incubate a few companies out of the Black Dog Institute based on research. So if they're evidence-based and we feel like they're scalable, we will try to incubate them given the low risk of the science behind it. What's the feeling for what the portfolio will look like when complete? Um, you know, will it have things in there like, um, you know, sort of speculative bio and, and sort of drug um, sort of investments or are you thinking more software or, or, or something different? Yeah, I reckon about 60 or even 65% will be digital interventions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the vast majority will be in digital interventions and companies that will be able to put some serious scale behind mental health. Um, and then we will look into a few pharmaceutical companies, no more than one or two, I'd say, that are trying to change the narrative around drugs and really bring mental health into the 21st century. When you talk about digital, where and how do you determine the line between, yes, this might have some benefit, but not really enough benefit for us. So you might, you know, you, you've got an Apple Watch on, I've got a Garmin on. People might argue, well, well-being in terms of the little stars that it's giving me and smiley faces, you know, badges that I get, a Strava type thing. You've done 10,000 steps today. You've climbed 10 floors. Congratulations. Keep it up. They might say, well, there's a mental health aspect to that. Where do you draw a line between something you're willing to invest into because it's going to change the needle in mental health? That's a good question and very hard to answer it. Mm. Um, We try to dig deep into the product and the drivers of the founders and what they're trying to achieve. If it's just a pure business play, we probably won't be able to invest and we won't be able to really leverage all the infrastructure that we have through Black Dog and our network as well. Um, so we will look at these type of businesses. And in fact, part of our thesis is that you have the consumer in the middle. 
The only question is how to monetize it. The payer question is a really, really big question in mental health. Who's going to pay for it? Mm. When are they going to pay for it? How are they going to pay for it? Is it in the U.S.? Is it in Australia? Very different ecosystems and payer networks around the world. So we try to take all of it into consideration. At the core of it, we have the impact and improvement in mental health, and then the scalability and the venture question, can they generate the returns that we need to drive the impact that we want? So, Lon, how do people out there with the next great idea or the business model that they see as changing the needle in the mental health space as and also producing a great economic outcome to people, how do they get in contact with you and, and what steps do they take? That is super simple. They can DM me on LinkedIn. Uh, I can provide my email. I'm generally very accessible. My email is alone at mind-vc.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of them. Uh, the best part of my job is that I get to work and meet incredibly smart and driven people, especially in mental health, where everyone is incredibly passionate about solving these really big, hairy problems. So feel free to reach out. Well, terrific, Alon. If it's all right with you, I'd love to check back in and see how the fund's going a couple of years down the track or into the future and see how you've um, executed on this plan. You know, I'm, I'm really pleased to see the quality of what you're putting together to tackle this issue that just seems to be such a big issue that's touching so many lives. Um, thank you for joining us at Inside the Rope. Thank you, David. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to Inside the Rope with David Clark. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with David by visiting codacapital.com. Any views expressed in this recording represent the personal opinions of the speaker and do not represent the view of any other party. If this recording contains reference to any financial products, that reference does not constitute advice or recommendation and may not be relied upon. Listeners in Australia are encouraged to visit www.moneysmart.gov.au to obtain information regarding financial advice and investments.